you take your Bibles and turn to Mark chapter 6, we're going to look at something here this morning that's going to make you really thankful if you do believe what we just sang, that Jesus is the bread of life. Because we're going to read a tragic story this morning in Mark chapter 6, a story that took place in Jesus' hometown after he had worked amazing miracles in a neighboring town, he goes home. Mark chapter 6, verse 1. Jesus left there and went to his hometown accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. So far, this doesn't sound too tragic. Sounds like a good Saturday. Where did this man get these things, they asked? What's this wisdom that has been given him, that he even does miracles? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, Only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house, is a prophet without honor. He could not do any miracles there, except lay his hand on a few sick people, his hands on a few sick people, and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. Now, first, let me, uh, let me be clear. Um, he wasn't saying, and Mark isn't saying about Jesus, because remember, the whole point of, of Mark writing this part of the story down is to fulfill what he said back in chapter 1, verse 1, that he's telling us, his readers, the good news of Jesus, the Son of God. And so this tough story, this rough story, is part of that story, and by saying that Jesus couldn't perform any miracles there doesn't mean that Jesus didn't have the, the, the power to do that. He could, he could do anything he wanted whenever he wanted, but he also, working according with the plan of God, was using the principle of honoring faith, honoring belief as people were coming to him or not coming to him. For example... The, the soldiers that Jesus knocked down in John 19 when they came to arrest him, you remember the story? He was in the Garden of Gethsemane, and Judas led the soldiers in to, to arrest him. And he said, who are you looking for? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, I am he, and I am is very significant. That identified him with, with the living God all the way back when God introduced himself to Moses as I am that I am. And Jesus said, I am he. And when he said that, all those soldiers fell on their backs. They, they didn't have to have faith in Jesus for him to have the power to, for, to cause them to fall on their backs. He had the power. He could have healed everybody in town if that's what he wanted to do. But according to the word of God, for us, for people to please him, 
with our lives, we have to believe in him and believe that he honors those who earnestly seek him. That's what, that's what belief is. And so these people in his hometown, they knew him better than anybody, than any of the, the towns that he went to. These folks saw him grow up. And he was probably kind of annoying because he was always right. He, was, he, was, he wasn't that guy that thought he was always right. She laughs. That's my wife laughing there on the front row because sometimes she thinks that's me, thinking I'm always right. Unlike Jesus, I'm not always right. But he was. He never did the wrong thing. He never picked the fight with the brothers. Now, brothers, anybody pick fights? Yeah, brother. Anybody pick fights, brother? Yeah, when there's brothers, there's picking of fights. All right? I'm a brother. My grandparents finally got to a point where my brother and I weren't allowed to visit there at the same time. (laughs) It breaks my heart to think about that. I'm a grandparent now. You know? We could come with parental supervision, but not alone. Jesus never picked a fight. Jesus never did the wrong thing in town. While all, the ki- while all the other kids were getting in trouble for something, as kids do, I'm looking at Bill Thompson, my partner in crime one night, when we got picked up for toilet paper in somebody's house and taken to jail. And that professor, he was a teacher of our school. He came into the jail. He was, you could see the steam coming out of his ears. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning and, our, our sentence, we, we were sentenced, all right? First, that night we were released. We were allowed to call our parents. And my mom always said, I promise you, she said this every time that I, I was going out with this troublemaker. She said, don't call me from jail. She always said that. I said, Mom, I'm calling you from jail. She said, what'd you do? I said, we were toilet paper in the Boswell's house. She said, I'll see you later. <laughs> he let us out. We had to go clean up the mess that night. Of course, Mrs. Boswell and their daughters, which is really why we were toilet paper in their house, um, had hot chocolate ready for us and other snacks and stuff like that. So it turned into a pretty nice party. And then we did have to go to court. We were, we were convicted, and we had to wash police cars for three weekends, for three Saturdays in which the Powder Springs Police Department gave us the keys to the cars, and we got to drive them through town to the car wash (laughs) with sirens and loudspeakers and everything else that came along with police cars. So it wasn't such a bad gig. But kids get in trouble. Kids do crazy stuff. And I don't endorse the throwing of toilet paper into trees, okay? I don't endorse that at all. But they do, they do crazy stuff. Jesus didn't. He didn't. These people knew him. And then he started gaining popularity or notoriety, depending on which angle you were looking at. 
And they were talking among themselves probably when they, they're hearing the reports of, of G, G, our Jesus. He's doing all that stuff. And now he comes back home. And you can read more about this story. We're not going to look at this account, but Luke 4 tells more of this, of this story as well. More details, more, more tragic details. But he comes into the synagogue as a rabbi would, reads from the scroll, and teaches. And they're amazed by his teaching, but they can't get over the fact that that's their Jesus. That's the kid that grew up in their town. That, that's the, the carpenter's son. That's the guy that was doing carpentry work. That, that's their guy. He can't, he, can't do, he can't know this stuff. He can't be this miracle worker. They even, they even threw a, a little bit of a slur on him in this indictment. Do you notice? They said, this is Mary's son. You know what they were saying there? Because any other circumstance, you would always be identified as your father's son in, in this culture. They said he's Mary's son. Because remember, the rumors were all around all the time of him being illegitimate anyway. Remember? So this is a little, this is a little jab at that as well. These people did not believe. Demonstrated not only by their comments, but also by the lack of his work being done in their town. And like I said, he could have. It, this, this, his, when it says he couldn't do it, it's because he was operating by the plan that God had to honor faith. And God's still honoring faith. That's why we're here this morning. That's why I was talking with the children about this morning. That's why we're here, because we believe. And again, if you don't, I'm going to join with the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and implore you. Implore you, be reconciled to God. Be made right by God, with God by believing in Jesus. Be more wise than the people of his hometown. Look at who he is. Look at what he did. Look at what he has said. Look at how everything that he has said is coming to pass. Look at the influence he's still having over 2,000 years later. Where here we are, and as, as Dan mentioned, a, a, a fairly robust but small group compared to some of the huge ones around, but people all over the world in Isle of Skye, the bill mentioned this morning in prayer, all around the world, worshiping him because of who he is and what he said he was, of who he said he was. Believe in him. Don't be like his, home, his hometown friends and neighbors and, and, and some relatives. And remember, his own relatives, other than Mary, at this point, they didn't believe in him. Later on, James and Judas would believe in him, James and Jude. There's, there are books in the New Testament named after those guys because they became leaders in the church. After his resurrection, at least some of his family put their trust in him. But don't be like his town. Look past whatever objections you have heard about him. Look into his word and find out those objections don't 
hold any weight. Just like the objections that these folks were making didn't hold any weight. Oh, it was true. He did have brothers there. He did grow up in their town. He did work as a carpenter. It was true. Those things were true. That doesn't keep him from being the the person that the word of God says he is. They knew the word. They knew what the Messiah was going to be. They couldn't see him coming from their town. They couldn't see him being one of theirs. And I don't know what the objections that you might have. Let them go. Look in to this man. Look into this man who is, as Mark said at the beginning of, the, of, the, of this good news, this story of good news, gospel, the Son of God. I love the, I love the ending. He still, healed, he still healed a few people. He still let them see, still let them know, you guys are rejecting the real deal here. And that's a, that's a statement... He's he's making a statement of judgment on them as he makes these comments. It's only in his own hometown that a prophet isn't honored. And he's more than a prophet. He's prophet, priest, and king. He is the son of God. He is everything that we need. And that's what we're going to be celebrating here in just a few moments as we celebrate the Lord's Supper. This is is one of our ways of, of making a statement. We believe this. We believe all this about him. We're not like his hometown friends and and family and relatives. We're not like those around us who say all kinds of wrong things about him. We're among those who read his word and believe it. And because these things are based on the facts that are given, we believe in him. As he's presented, the Son of God, the the man who is also fully God, demonstrated by the miracles that he worked, but especially demonstrated on the ultimate miracle, when on the third day after he was crucified, after he died on the cross, again, willingly allowing himself to go there. He showed that in John 19 when when he set those soldiers on their backs. He willingly went there. He willingly let them drive the spikes into his body and lift that cross. We believe that. And we believe that not only did he die, but also on the third day, the greatest miracle of all took place. He rose again from the dead. And in his resurrection, made the promise, made the guarantee that everybody who believes in me will also be raised. If they die, they'll be raised for eternal life. If he returns before they die, they'll meet him in the air and be with him forever. He has made these promises, and he can be believed because he is the one who did these things. Now, can we prove it? Nope. Only by dying. Then we'll, then we'll prove it. The apostles, they believed it so much 
that they went to their death testifying about these things. They thought it was more important to, to, to give up their physical lives than to let people think that the things that they knew happened, the things that they saw, the person that they knew, the person that they touched and they, and they felt, and they saw him die and they saw him raised again. They saw him ascend to the, into, into heaven. They thought it was, it was better for them to die physically than to give anybody the idea that those things didn't take place, that he wasn't the person that he claimed to be. They knew that about him. They knew it and they died for it. You can believe their word. This gospel of Mark written by a companion of those apostles. A man who knew their story. And it's likely that it was Peter himself who commissioned Mark to write the story that he told Mark. That he let Mark know. But we have this gospel as well as the others. And unlike his hometown friends, we believe. And again, if you don't, I want to encourage you. Look into what he said. Look into what he did. Look into the lives of those who testified about his, his life. Many have, have started that search with the idea of disproving it only to find out that all the evidence continues to point to the facts of the life, death, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he is who he said he was. It was Jesus who said this, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know what the converse of that is? Everyone can come to the Father through me. No one's going to come to the Father without him. His, his, his hometown um, crew, unless they turned later, as some of them did, unless, some of them, unless they believed later, they were going to be lost in their sins. They were going to pay the, the consequences of their sins. They were going to be separated from God for all eternity. But those who believed... As the Apostle John says in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12. But those who believed, to, the, to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. That's all of us who believe. And that's why this morning we're going to take this time to pass this little piece of bread around or pass the plate with many pieces of bread on it and, and, and look at that bread and remember that just as Jesus, when he, in his last night with his apostles before his crucifixion, he, he took the bread and he broke it and he said, guys, this is my body broken for you. He said, every time you eat it, remember me. Remember that I did that. Remember, he hadn't done it yet when he, made, when, he, when he was telling them this. But remember that I did that for you every time you eat that bread. And, and remember that it was broken for me. And so if you believe this morning, the men are going to be passing out this, this, with, the, with this little tray. They're going to be passing out this bread. Take a piece of that bread and hang on to it for a minute.
Some music will be playing. You can think about what God has done for you through his son, the Lord Jesus. You can be thankful for that. Maybe it's a time to confess some sins that you haven't. You've been putting that off, not wanting to face him with those sins. But remember the promise that he's made. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. This is a good time to remember that. And then a little bit after they pass out the bread, we'll take the bread together and we'll eat it remembering the Lord Jesus Christ. Because unlike his family and other citizens, residents of Nazareth, we believe. If you don't believe, then watch what we're doing. And and recognize that we're not doing this to be saved. We're doing this because we are saved. We're doing this because we want to follow the command that Jesus gave to remember him when we eat and break this bread. So take a moment now as the, as the men come, they'll pass out the bread. Take a moment, think about things, pray, and then we'll eat of it together. You want a piece? You got your piece? Okay, good. I forgot to ask you about how you do that. You're a great multitasker. (laughs) The 
men around Jesus' table that night, they believed in him. They didn't fully understand exactly what was going on, but they believed in him. And to all of us who believe, ever since that night, in various ways and different traditions, but we've been remembering him when we eat this bread. And so today, as we hold this bread, we're, we're remembering that Jesus' body was broken for us. That it was only his body that could have done us any good because he was the sinless son of God. We're thankful this morning that he did this for us. And to express our thanks, to show him our love, to demonstrate that love even among ourselves, uh, we're going to take this bread now and eat it together. I'm going to offer a word of prayer and then we're going to eat the bread together remembering the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, we can't thank you enough for allowing your son, your only son, to die on the cross for our sins. We know he's the only one that could because he's the only perfect one. And so this morning, because he did this for us, we remember him and his sacrifice as we eat of this bread. In his strong name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's eat of the bread together. In the same way that night, the Lord Jesus took the cup as they were celebrating the Passover. He took the cup and he said, this is my blood shed for you. Remember me every time you drink it. And so we're going to do the same thing with a small cup. Contains some grape juice, fruit of the vine. And we're going to remember his shedding of his blood for us when he died on the cross for us, even as he instructed his apostles to do. We're continuing in that tradition.
we don't believe, excuse me, we don't believe that the juice in this little glass uh, will forgive us of any sins or give us entrance into heaven. But we believe that the blood that it represents does. The blood that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one that we're reading about in the Gospel of Mark, we believe that his blood does that for us. And so as we gave him thanks uh, for his broken body, we also now give him thanks uh, for his blood. Let's bow together in prayer before we drink of it. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your willingness to fulfill all of the sacrifices that had ever been made according to your law. Thank you for fulfilling them all in the shedding of the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, our Savior. We remember him now and the sacrifice of his blood given for us that we might be forgiven of our sins as we drink this cup now. In his great name we pray, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen.